0: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, the scripture we're going to look at is those words from the heaven. This is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. God, such familiar words. I pray that you would do an unfamiliar work in our hearts this morning. By the power of your spirit, Amen. So good to be here this morning. Uh, Many, many years ago, I interned, I vickered around the Beltway in Falls Church. That's where I met my wife, Gail. She'll be here at the next service. Uh, I'm not going to say a lot about PLI, but if you want to learn about PLI, uh, particularly we're going to talk about 1,000 young leaders leaders later on, uh, you can go to our website, plileadership.org. We've been here the last few days. You guys have been master hosts to us. We've been training leaders here in the D.C. area and on the East Coast and so on. And uh, I think you know this, uh, but uh, you guys, you are blessed with some wonderful pastors. And uh, if you uh, didn't know that, shame on you. Uh, and if you knew it, I assume that you've uh, said thanks to them kind of recently. So, uh, uh, Thank you for your faithfulness, your leadership, your integrity around the Word of God, and uh, for standing tall and leading with the grace of Jesus. Um, uh, You are a blessed people. So, ready to go to work? This will be when you say yes? Yes. Okay, let's do that. Uh, So, so, uh, 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 the title of the message, You're My Son, My Daughter, I Love You, Here's what I'd like you to understand is that the words that the Father spoke to Jesus is the words he speaks to you too. Um, here's a picture. Uh, that's me. That's my wife, Gail. That's our brand-new grandson, Grant. Um, let me close up that just a little bit. Uh, you see a little guy, Grant, there? Um, uh, give me a couple descriptors of him. Precious, Precious. yes. Beautiful, yes. Loved. Love. Love. Anybody else? Peaceful. Asleep. Peaceful, <laughs> asleep. There we go. I thought somebody was going to say the smartest little kid in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the word nobody said uh, was sinful. The Bible says that when we're born, we're born sinful, right? And uh, I'm not being disrespectful to my uh, cute little grandson uh, at all. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned, right? We've fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And we are the recipients of the free gift of God through our Lord Jesus Christ by faith, and that's life and salvation. And so, uh, Grant's grandson will be baptized in about 10 days, kind of thing. And the baptism is the, is the place where the Father in Heaven's going to say, You're my son. I love you. I'm proud of you. Just like he has you. Am I right? And so even this morning, sitting in the pew where you're at, no matter what's happened this last week or the last number of years, the Father in Heaven says, You're my daughter. I love you, I'm proud of you. You're my son, I love you, I'm proud of you. Here's kind of the weird sort of thing, right? So at any given time, we can stop and think, how how can that be, I'm just not enough? We live in a world that reminds us we're just not enough, We don't have enough money, enough success, enough accomplishments, enough education, uh, enough warm and charming personality, enough relationship, enough whatever. And so we get challenged to imagine that God the Father can simply declare that he loves you and that he's proud of you. On the flip side of it, uh, we can very easily Drift toward the, yeah, i got this thing going, right? Uh, I've I've got the world by the tail. I've got my life under control. Things are going great. Uh, I really don't need a whole lot of help. We wouldn't say it out loud because that would sound idolatrous, wouldn't it? We just think it in here sometimes. And even to whisper it out loud is a word that says, oh my God, please forgive me, I repent. Just like the children of Israel, they were daily dependent of God for provision and protection, right? Just like we are. And so my experience is that the words that were spoken to Jesus at his baptism, keep in mind Jesus has accomplished nothing yet. This is like the, uh, the green light to start his three years of earthly ministry. We know he's perfect, we know he's without sin, but he hasn't accomplished anything yet, and the Father says, I love you and I'm proud of you. And by the way, at the baptism, isn't that a unique moment where you see we began our worship in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see all three persons of God present, right? uh jesus embodied in the flesh incarnate the holy spirit come in the form of a dove and the voice of the father saying this is my son first we get clues back in uh, genesis right at the creation uh, when god says let us make man in our image you see when jesus is being baptized is kind of like another layer of fulfillment. Of After Adam and Eve had sinned, God said that there would be a a son of Eve's, a descendant of Eve's, that would be the rescuer, and that the missionary God would send his missionary son. And so now Jesus has arrived, and Jesus will soon say, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. So I'd like to tell you a story. Would that be okay? This be when you say yes, Yes. all right. You know, uh, this is my only time here, so you can say, "I hope he never comes back," you know, and and you'll be okay. Uh, But I want to tell you a story. I was in uh, Sioux City, Iowa, and uh, I met Virginia. Uh, At PLI, we've started a program called Thousand Young Leaders, and what we're doing—it's a two-year fully online learning community to train millennials in their 20s and most of the way through the 30s to be indigenous missionaries to their own generation. The millennial generation, and for those of you that are millennials in here, you know this better than I'm going to say up here, by and large have turned their back on the church. They have a hard time imagining if there's any good news inside of the church, And many, many of them have turned their back on Jesus, too. It's the largest adult generation, 73.4 million adults in the United States. This Sunday morning, there will be 4% of them in a Christian church. 4%. Assume that there's probably more millennials in here right now on average than in the average church anywhere else in the country. We've asked the question, how do you go about reaching them? We think it's by training people within that generation to become, we would call the missionary disciples to that generation. When I was a little kid and we found out about a foreign mission field that our church where there was a vast, unreached mission field, do you know what we did? We helped send missionaries to it. The problem in the church today is we think it's a fix-the-church program problem. It's not. It's a mission field problem. So uh, it's no small task, as you might guess, to begin the process of training a 1,000 young adults to be missionaries and to get it rolling in and uh, a couple years ago, we were gathering support to get started on that, let alone finish it. But uh, we'd written a white paper. I was in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, I had met a guy who'd flown his airplane down from South Dakota to meet with me. And uh, he's read the white paper, and he's got all kinds of questions and, and things underlined and stuff like that. And uh, we go to an Applebee's on the uh, uh, close to the airport. and. Uh, He's asking questions Steve, is said, what about this, what about that? are you sure, what about, and so on and so on. And Virginia's our, our server. And uh, probably like a lot of you do, I, I always ask uh, the name of our server if, if they don't volunteer it. And So we've done a little chit-chat back and forth as she's come and gone and taken our order and so on. And, and Steve's got these papers scattered all around, across our little booth. And uh, finally Virginia comes back and she says, what are you guys doing? And I I mean, I don't know Virginia's story. I don't know how to answer the question. I think for a second I say, Virginia, uh, my friend Steve and I, we've got a notion that, that people like you and others your age have a hard time imagining that God loves them because they haven't experienced the church to be a loving place. And so we're trying to train leaders that will create groups of people where people can come and experience God to be a loving God that cares about him. So, hmm. And Virginia leaves. Steve kind of goes like, that was pretty good to think how to answer that on the fly. And then uh, Virginia comes back once more, comes back again, and then uh, Virginia leans in. She says, uh, we used to go to church every Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. But then my mom got a divorce. It was like we weren't welcome to our church anymore. And so we quit. I went through a real dark time. I tried to commit suicide a couple times. Virginia leaves. You can imagine my new friend Steve's eyes are like this. Virginia comes back the next time and she says, uh, is there one of those groups here where I could discover that God loves me and Sioux City Iowa I said Virginia this is my first time ever being in Sioux City Iowa you're the only person I know in Sioux City Iowa I hope there will be and I I said Virginia let me do this and I gave her a business card it had a logo just kinda like this it's a distinctive PLI logo and I, I said Virginia let me give this card and nothing weird. You can, you can walk around the corner, throw it away as soon as, uh, as, soon as you uh, walk away from the table. Her shift was ending. I said, but if there's ever a day where you wonder, did that guy in the restaurant that day get a group and a leader in Sioux City, Iowa, where I could experience God to be a loving God, Virginia, my phone number's on there. You can call me or you can text me. She said, thank you, and she left through around the corner. Steve's got tears in his eyes. Cuz all of a sudden an unreached people group of 73.4 million adults in the United States has a real face. And don't kid yourself, the folks in the pew with you right now, they're thinking about their own kids or grandkids. They're thinking about cute little kids that haven't been baptized or whatever else, that have never heard the voice of the Father speak in their lives, you're my daughter, I love you, I'm proud of you. Well, a a number of months later, uh, we were doing in Omaha training like we did here this week. Because I got to tell you, leaders, for the most part, are just caught flat-footed by the shift in our culture today. And I told the story of Virginia. And there's a a pastor's wife that comes up to me. I find out her name is Stacy. She says, we live in Sioux City, Iowa. Is it the Applebee's up on the hill around the corner to the right? I said, I don't know. I said, it might have been. She said, well, we think we got somebody at our church that works there. I said, well, why don't you do this? I gave her my business card. She probably just threw it away. Hey, it's been a long time ago. I said, but let me give you a business card. And, you know, it had the same logo on it, kind of thing. And, and I, I said, um, why don't you go and see? And so she goes, and her friend's, the friend from church is there. She says, Oh, Virginia, that's Virginia over there. Could I meet her? And she brings Virginia over. She says, uh, A year or so ago, was there a, was there a guy in here? They was talking about starting a group where you could experience God to be a loving God and gave you a business card uh, like this. You know what she said? She said, was he an old guy? I'm like, come on Stacy, how is that? and then you know what she did she had a little servers whatever you call it and uh, she opened up and she reached in and she pulled out the card with the phone numbers on that she could text or call to ask that old guy if there was ever a leader that was trained to start a group where she could go to and discover God that the God the Father loves her and is proud of her. You'll have a chance in just a moment to taste it, to hear the whisper of God through Jesus Christ. The reason why baptism is so powerful, the reason why the sacrament is so meaningful is because Jesus went on those next three years to give his life as a sacrifice for our sins, right? And the Spirit has worked to call you to faith in Jesus. And if that's new news to you, you'll want to chase after that and figure that out and let the Spirit guide you so that you discover that God's a loving God and that He's proud of you. And I'd invite you that if you care about that unreached people group, I'd invite you to pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into that vast, unreached harvest field. God, may it be so, may we leave later this morning knowing that uh, you love us, we're your daughters, we're your sons, and you are proud of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.